Support for this show comes from Vanta. Dealing with loads of spreadsheets, juggling different tools, and having to do manual security checks, it can be a headache to keep up with today's compliance and security programs. Vanta is the trust management platform that wants to simplify things and bring all your trust-building efforts under one roof, making growth smoother for your whole organization. Vanta lets you automate up to 90% of compliance for SOC 2, ISO 27001, HIPAA, and more. Strengthen security posture and reduce third-party risk. Get $1,000 off Vanta when you go to vanta.com slash vox. That's V-A-N-T-A dot com slash vox for $1,000 off Vanta. Gastroenteritis Blues. My name is Oops Steve Lipman. Joined as always. Actually, guess what, ladies and gents? Uh, it's a boys only pod. You guessed it. No girls allowed. Emily's not here. She was at the game. Um, Dan was at the game. I'm joined by Dan Volpone. Drew is here. Uh, Drew Peltzman's here. We're we're here. We are uh, back. Dan, what was the atmosphere like at the game? The Sixers have lost. They're 0-2. Uh, starting the season off with a bang. Uh, how you doing? How was the atmosphere at the game? Yeah, the atmosphere was very unimpressive at the game. Mm-hmm. Um, the I thought, and listen, I was one of them, but I, you know, I felt that the crowd was pretty out of it the entire game until the very end when the Sixers kind of got back in it in the yeah. fourth quarter. Um, can't really say I blame them because the team looks like they don't give a shit out there. So why should we? Um, and I think that, you know, when, when you don't get a lot of passion from the team, it's hard to, to put that in. And I think fans have been trying to do that for a long time from this team that frequently shows apathy. And I think it's catching up. I think it's catching up to the team. I think the fan base is, is starting to reflect how this team plays more often than than they than any team should than any winning team can um and uh yeah it was quiet in there um which was weird because like the audio on like every all of the in-game effects and matt cord and stuff was like way too loud like ear piercing oh, really and so to contrast that with how quiet the fans were was something uh the stadium wasn't full um for a home opener really crazy I mean, That's it might have been sold out, but it was not full. Huh. Um, and it was, I can't even blame the fans. And listen, I don't know if, I don't know if, if people are, maybe people are saving up money for the Phils or Eagles games or whatever. I don't know. But in my view, it's been, you know, we've seen a lot of horrible, horrible Sixers efforts recently. It's the lasting memory from the end of last season. and. It was the case today from really everyone besides Harden. And I I think that the stadium reflected that. I think that I think that the low energy reflected the Sixers low energy. And the 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 
the seeming lack of intensity was mashed to the teams. Here's uh here's where I think the big disconnect is. Uh it was the home opener and the bell ringer was Michael Rubin. What Who barely rang the bell. What couldn't really hear it. Happened. What happened? Why was the bell ringer night one of the season Michael Rubin? And, and Meek Mill was right next to him too. <laughs> and like six Eagles were at the game. Yeah. AJ Brown, Avante Maddox. Uh, who else was at the game? Was, Drew, do you have some thought on this? Those two, Miles Sanders and Hassan Reddick. Yeah, the, I'm pretty sure that was it. What the fuck? What we're just having like a billionaire who owns a minor, minority stake in the team, right? Yeah, I have a bookmarked tweet here that he, he sold it to uh, some a, guy. A guy who's uh, a billionaire entrepreneur, David Adelman, is buying a significant portion of uh, Ruben's stake. It's almost like he negotiated, like his last wish was, I must ring the bell on on, uh, the home opener. Oh, my God. Truly. Google David Adelman. This guy has horrible hair. Oh, uh, Drew, I'm sorry. We're going to need that up on the screen. Uh, so, so Drew is going to get David Adelman's uh, lettuce up on the screen here. But just, I mean, I can't imagine you're, you're getting to the game and you're like, boy, who's going to be the bell ringer for uh, opening night? And then Michael Rubin's little legs are like walking out and you're like, what the fuck is going on here? Um, all right. Uh, well, all right. Now we're getting the hair up here. Um, yeah. Very slick. Oh, very slick back. He looks, he looks like a villain. Don't like it. No, thank you. No, thank you. No. Um, okay. Not good for the Sixers' handsome rankings. Um, all right. So we'll talk about the games in reverse order. The Sixers are now 0-2. Um, I guess the, the only thing to really say here, we'll talk about Embiid. And he was just terrible. He, was, he just looks terrible. Uh, now everybody is saying, and I am saying to myself, that he looked really bad uh especially from the field to start last year uh in his first eight games and i'm not like uh overall concerned about him i just don't like when he plays like shit because you know when he has bad games he just like they fucking snowball like he has bad games in that third quarter it's like quicksand like he's he's taking a half hour to get up off the court it's like because i'm watching on tv and it's like Where's Joel? Like, yeah, he's, he's just not in the frame. Court. Like, he probably got fouled by Lopez on some of these uh, post moves, but he didn't get the call. <laughs> then it's like eight seconds of the shot clock are going, and it's like Lopez is like wide open, and it's like, is Embiid okay? Like, am I looking for a tweet that's like Embiid's holding his knee? And it's like, no, he's not. He's just like, so no, you know, I... these bad games just get exasperated by his like frustration and i know that part of it's that he cares a lot but like he needs to get over that because he's going to shoot poorly from the field a lot because it's just what happens because he takes jump shots and he's really an amazing player but when he has bad games he needs to like get over it in his head and affect the game in all the other ways that he can affect the game because games like this game two of the season who gives a shit but like when the games really matter they can't they can't happen like this because that'll be the bigger problem. And, you know, I've, 
like you said, it's game two, whatever. I mean, this game, I don't, I don't care. Whatever. Lost doesn't doesn't really matter. It's annoying. Fine. Um, we've seen him sulk like this in the playoffs, though. And that's what he's doing. He's sulking. And and you can you can try to spin it and say he cares, but if we were watching a player on another team behave like that, they would not be getting that benefit of the doubt from us. We'd be saying this is a big cry. Sure. And Joel was a big cry baby tonight. And he's and listen, I love Joel and I feel like I've defended him fairly or not fairly through anything. And I've made excuses for him and said the talent's not there, or you know, he's carrying him all night and no one's helping, or or Ben is Ben is Ben is not playing, or you know, you know, Harden's struggling, or you know, he's playing hurt, whatever. Always made we've done that a million times, yeah, and it's all been justified. And, yeah. But I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it because no. frankly, he's been he's been put in a position. Harden looked great. And if he even kind of shows up in that second half, they win the game. Yeah. And he threw a tantrum. There's nothing, no, no other way to put it. He sulked and he acted like a crybaby. And we've seen him do it before. We've seen him do it in the playoffs when he struggles and when defenses focus on him. We saw him do it the entire Horford season. And he is 28 years old. That is not acceptable at this point. If he's serious about wanting to win, then he needs to knock it off. It cannot happen. And he looks like he doesn't know what to do when the shots don't fall. On offense, he's running around at the top of the of the circle, running to whoever has the ball, looking to set a screen. That can't be the only thing to do on offense. And when Harden's carrying the load on offense, you know, the excuse for why Embiid has kind of taken a defensive step back for the past couple of years has been, well, they needed him to put his energy on offense. He's their only chance to score. Well, Harden carried the scoring load the first two games. Harden's been running the offense. The offense hasn't been going through Embiid like it used to. So where's the defense? Why at the end of the game is he falling asleep? And luckily Lopez missed it, missing a wide open corner three because Embiid is completely checked out of the play with two minutes left. Why is there, you know, pretty minimal rim protection on this team? He's in drop coverage. He got, I think, one block at the end of the half, right? So I, I don't understand what he's doing. I don't understand. He's very talented and he obviously has his limitations. He's not Giannis. He can't drive to the basket like Giannis. I get it. The shot, if the shots aren't falling and he's not getting the fouls inside, I understand how that can limit him because he is, he's not a perfect player. As much as I love Joel, he's not, he's not, he doesn't, he's not without weakness on the court, but it is unacceptable to not know what to do next when the shot's not falling and to basically just be a crybaby the rest of the game. I'm sorry, Joel is my favorite basketball player of all time, but I don't know what else to call what just happened. It wasn't the poor shooting performance that had me upset. I people booed him when he missed shots. I did not join in on that. I have no problem with Joel taking a good shot. I didn't think he took bad shots for the most part in the second half, really. I didn't mind no, the yeah. shot he took. They, they just weren't they, falling. They weren't falling. And you know what happens? Didn't mind it. He's a great player. Keep shooting. Fine by me. No problem with that. What what upset me is not getting up and down the court, complaining on, on the bench like this with hand, head in his hands. When he when he gets subbed out finally towards the end of the third quarter, playing horrible. And the entire team is in the huddle and he's at the end of the bench and he's not in the huddle. He's the only one not in the huddle. That's oh, not, I didn't even see that. That is not. Yeah. They didn't show that. They, well, I was in the arena and I saw it and it's, it's unacceptable. And, and, and it has held, and I'm not going to say that Joel has held the Sixers back, but that has held Joel back and Joel not being able to be even better is obviously, you know, any player, not being the best they can be is not going to be as good for the team as it could be. So I'm not going to say that I'm not going to blame Joel for the Sixers failures because he's responsible for their successes. But what I am going to say is 
they can take a next step if mentally he gets there and he's not there. He has never been there. He has never been there. It, this has been a recurrent issue. And I've never wanted to focus on it because of all the other things that he's dealt with this from with this team, right? That, that he's had to go through with this team. But this team can win this year. And I'm not taking that off the table at all from this bad start. This team can win this year without a doubt. And if Joel is serious about winning, like he says to, you know, bond temps in his interview before the game or whatever that came out today, then that he needs to get that under control. I don't know if he needs to see a sports therapist. I don't know if he needs to do what sports psychologist, or maybe he does. I don't know, but this needs to be addressed. The team needs to bring a focus to it because when things get hard in the playoffs year after year, we've seen many versions of this over and over again, where he looks, he's slower. He's losing the ball. He's making bad decisions, throwing the ball away, not getting up and down the court. It cannot happen. Effort has to be there. This is game two, whatever. But when the playoffs come and the effort's not there, and you know what? It was a problem last year, and I wasn't going to grow him for because he was playing hurt. But the effort on the court was not consistently there from him in the playoffs, and they're not going to win like that. I think you're 100% right. And I think what Steve said earlier about him not being able to finish games plays right into that. Even if you're having a, a bad game offensively like Joel had tonight, you got to put it away for when you come back in in the fourth quarter and just – be a leader and hit one or two shots to just carry the team through the final stretch. You're sitting on the bench watching James Harden bring the team all the way back from a double digit deficit that honestly was ugly, like from everyone, including James Harden. I don't know what doc was trying to trying to run those past, like those last like five plays. There was nothing being run. It was walking around. It was just like half, hearted screens i mean some of them were in beat some of them were were pj and i think and b's not a good screener so yeah i mean i was confused they look so sloppy these first two games and beat isn't carrying the load in the last two minutes of the game when we have Harden. what did they work on in charleston i mean they look so discombobulated and disorganized at the start of the season which i agree has happened in the past and especially with Joel. But when we make an effort to go travel away and for training camp and it looks this ugly, I I, I think it's a it plays a little bit either into Doc or Joel not having the leadership because James is showing it right now. Well and it's both, right? Like I mean and and really, you know, I don't think the defense Doc is an offensive guy, right? He that's that's Doc's background in coaching. And, you know, I, I really don't love that Joel's still in this drop coverage with some of the defenders they were able to add this offseason. Um, guys like P.J. Tucker, who are actually playable, right, not like Matisse, who, by the way, they brought Matisse and House in for defense and immediately gave up a wide-open three to, to Wes Matthews. I haven't gotten to rewatch that play, so I'm not blaming either of them, but – when they put their defensive line. That was uh it was Tobias. 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 Yeah. Tobias you, I, I wasn't blaming either yeah. of them by call, like yeah. by saying their names, but my point being when you put your defensive lineup on the floor and completely melt down defensively, that's not good. But yeah, the, the offense looks it's either hard and create something or there's nothing. And it doesn't look that hard for other teams. Uh they're not really running anything besides hope Harden figures it out. And Part of that might be that they're they they're so used to going through Embiid, and Embiid's used to them going through Embiid, and that wasn't working, and Embiid looked lost. But but frankly, I've and you know I've 
I haven't been hesitant to criticize or defend Doc when I think it's fair. Like I think I'm pretty, I'm pretty in the middle on him. I wouldn't be sad if they fired him tomorrow. And I, you know, I wouldn't be sad if they didn't. I I mean, I don't think he's the best coach for the team, but I, I think that he's, you know, maybe league average or slightly worse coach. You definitely don't think he's the 30th, 30th best coach in the league. But I've been so unimpressed by the offense to start the season. I mean, I don't know what they're doing out there. It looks like they're doing nothing. And uh, to me, that's the, the caveat. That's the caveat for that would be that they played like probably the two best defenses in the East. You but, know, but, yeah. immediately. but it's not that it's not that, you know, they're they're running good possessions and the Bucks are just playing good defense and you get to the end of the shot clock and nothing was there. It's like they're standing around and and doing nothing to get looks doing nothing. It, it looks like they're not running anything. Like yeah. if you run something and it doesn't work, maybe you criticize Doc for that. Really, I don't know the X's and O's to ever criticize Doc on offense. I mean, he's he is a good offensive coach historically throughout his career. Um, and really, when when we talk about his his team's meltdowns, it's been you know the exception being Ben, who was an offensive disaster. But really, it's been putting like Harrelin, who's an offensive player who's getting eaten up on defense. It's been ignoring the defensive side of the ball. Doc is a good offensive coach. Um, I just, I don't know. I feel like they're not doing anything out there. Like it's, it's just hard and figured out maybe set a screen for him. There's very little going on offensively. Like it, there's so many guys standing still. Yeah. And we caught the bucks on a really weird shooting night. They came out extremely hot, like seven to 10, I think it was in the first quarter. And they kind of tuckered out, let us come back. If we had any, uh, like semblance of an offense, which it, as you said, we did not. So uh, I mean, we played the the Celtics. Yeah, they were definitely one of the best teams in the East, and they showed it and played like it. But I mean, the Bucks had a they live and die by the three, and I think they will once again this year. And I think that team that we played tonight lived and died by the three, and we had a whole half or more to catch up and take the lead, and we just didn't. You know, my big, I don't blame. Yeah, the end of game offense really got stuck uh tonight and and that that was frustrating and maybe it's just hard to I guess it's hard you know on one hand I'm like it's hard to run end of game plays against set defenses but on the other hand it's like other teams get fucking good shots all the time that when I'm watching these games yes but um my biggest doc thing was during that uh Embiid disaster class in the third quarter it seemed like there were five straight minutes where I was screaming at the TV, get him out of the game. Yeah. Like, take him out of the game. Like, let him sit down. The plan like, clearly to have right. it. It reminds me of in the NFL when they script the first however many plays and yeah. he just wouldn't come off the script. Like, put in one of the backup centers, pick one. I don't give a shit. Like, he was melting down. He was gassed. He wasn't making it to half court. Like, he was clearly unraveling. So just take him out of the game, give him a breather, like talk to him or don't talk to him. If he's combusting, like just let him catch his breath and like gather his thoughts. Cause it, to me, it was like, he's unraveling right now and he's compounding it because he's trying to make it better. He's trying to just like slam it down their throat. Every time he gets the ball and he's turning it over or he's missing or he's getting blocked. And it's just everything. It felt like it was just unraveling every time he was in there. And no, he played the entire third quarter and it only got worse and worse and worse. And it was just like, you know, I was happy that when he came in 
uh, with whatever five minutes left in the fourth quarter. He didn't force it. Like Harden was on that heater. Like he didn't, you know, go right after it and all of that kind of stuff. Because uh, because Harden, who will we should transition to, like. Um, but uh, I just think that he could have taken him out of the game. And I, I know that he's not thrilled with the backup centers right now, but it's not about that. I think it's just like stopping the bleeding with Embiid because you could have salvaged some of that quarter. I feel like if you just take the guy out, who's fucking everything up, who unfortunately is your best player, you know, well, and really, I think the bucks are a team. You kind of get away with going small in anyway. I mean, we, we got exactly, couple, we got a couple minutes with PJ at the center. And I mean, the bucks are not a small team by any means, but you know, their main offense for Lopez is to put him out on the perimeter. And I think Tobias is strong enough that you could probably get away, even if they try to turn that into a mismatch. I mean, we saw Tobias do a good job on, on Marcus Ole in right. you know, that Raptor series where he yeah. offensively was awful. And, um, <clears throat> you know, we, we saw Tucker do a good job on Giannis the whole game. I mean, Lopez really isn't a rebounder. Obviously, you see some with Tucker – you know, guarding Giannis in the rebound department, but they're they're going to get out rebounded anyway. And Tucker's helped with that. I I felt so far. He I mean, he looks good, and and Harden's doing a good job rebounding. But right, um, and that actually might have been Embiid's one good area tonight, as he did fight for some yes rebounds. Right, um, but I, I I guess I don't get not taking him out either. I think you know sometimes you just have to adjust, and that was the time to do it. Especially, I mean, this is. MB's third season under Doc. We've seen him have nights like this before. At, when is someone going to figure out, like, how do we handle this, right? Like, yeah, just notice it when it's happening. It's just right. like, no, 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 he's doing the thing here where he, right. he gets, he's like, forcing it. And everyone knew you know, what was going the exactly. whole The whole fan base has seen this before from him. We, right. we knew what was coming. We knew it was happening. And it was, it was just kind of ignored. I mean, it is what it is. I get it's, you know, the counter argument is, you know, this is not a game you have to win. It's the second game in the regular season, and he just wants to let these guys get some run. But I think that the the right decision, regardless of even trying to win the game, was take and beat out and and try to just to to work on his attitude, his confidence, whatever. Because I mean, really, I think as as a coach, you should be you should be giving minutes to the guys who earn it anyway. And like I'm not saying like Embiid on a on a normal off night is still earning those minutes, but tonight was just so bad that it was, and and the attitude in, in particular was so bad that it was like you know what put someone in who's who's going to show better attitude out there was was my thought and yeah and 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 really the comeback came with him on the bench right like oh yeah that 11 run and I don't think none of that had to do with Harold Harold didn't do anything special but it was like get him beat out of there because he's dragging everything down. Like he was like sulking and playing bad and just, just take him out. And they played way better without him. So um, moving on to Harden and we can mix and match with the two games. I like personally, he was great in both these games. I thought offensively. And I, I even thought both ways tonight for the most part, Harden, Harden was good. Um but I thought offensively, I even liked his game tonight more than last night, even if he scored a few fewer points. Like uh, uh, night one against Boston, his his step back was going in and he was getting fouled a ton. But tonight you saw like a wider diversity in the way he was scoring, which we haven't seen from him in, in a long time. Not, I mean, forget in Philly, but just, you know, in, in just a long time. 
Um, and he was making big shots down the stretch against Drew Holiday. Like, he was just really into it. And also, like, just, uh, you know, if you want to talk body language with Joel, you talk about it with Harden. And he was just, like, really into the game. And he yeah. was getting his hands in there for steals. He was going up for rebounds. He was finding guys. We know he's a great passer. Um, he hit a couple threes, I think, he, you know. Uh, an incredibly encouraging start from him. And, you know, everybody's watching him in preseason being like, I don't really see anything different. And it's like, well, here's the different stuff. Like his drives are different. He's not blowing past people and, and posterizing anyone, but he's like using his strength and his footwork and he's shooting mid ranges and, and he's just like using his smarts. Like it, it's been really cool to see him uh, be this really impressive scorer and, and, playmaker so yeah I mean, uh, excellent all, returns from him yeah all the shots that he looked like he had no legs on last year like the the runners in in the lane when he had them the the mid-range shots that that just always looked bad it always looked like he wasn't even getting off the ground when he was shooting him like those were the shots that he he was dominating with tonight and like Loaders. yeah yeah and i mean he hit i don't know how many threes he actually hit because he hit the, he hit i know he had at least one, but I know he, he hit the one after the dead ball and the one after the illegal screen and his shot looks good, but, but really his, the area that he, he was great in was the mid range and those floaters and, you know, defensively and rebounding, he played a good game. Passing was great. And, you know, his, just his ball handling put so much pressure on the defense. I mean, how holiday is like, is like bouncing around out of position on him and holiday is one of the very best defenders in the league. So even without the burst, he, he gets guys moving all over the place. Um, and really, most of Joel's points were off of, like, passes from Harden, like, where something easy was created. He wasn't really creating anything for himself, not to harp on him again. But uh, Harden's, Harden's looked great the first two games. And I think that's the, the biggest reason I've come out of these first two games with kind of a shrug, you know, even though they're 0-2 to two teams that they're going to have to beat in the playoffs. It's just like, and if Embiid's – going to be this bad like why do we we won't even care about the team like like if it is this bad they'll they'll you know they'll go 500 but you know with Harden playing this well assuming Embiid gets back to it um I think the team can be really good and once they figure out I also I think like I think they need to re-examine what Joel's role is I want him to be involved in the offense but I I want it going through Harden and in turn I want him I want him anchoring the defense in the way he used to um and we'll see if they get more towards that. I mean, he talked about it, right? He said, I can't wait till the fourth quarter to dominate on defense. I haven't seen him dominate on defense in any of the eight quarters they've played so far. I want to see that. I want I want that. I know he can do that. I know he's capable of that. Um, that would be huge for the team because everyone else needs to be, everyone else needs to either be funneling their guy at Joel or or just running around trying to make something happen. You saw it with DeAnthony Melton. I thought DeAnthony Melton was really active defensively. Uh, Harden fell asleep on one play at the end of the game that really cost him. But besides that, I thought was really active defensively. When switched on to Giannis, did a really good job. Um, and even as painful as Daniel House is offensively, I can't see him sticking in the rotation that much. But he's a good defensive player. Um, and 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 these guys are. I thought good. he had a decent game. Yeah, he was okay. Yeah, yeah. He's just. I expected him to be a better shooter than he's been so far. I mean, not only his jump shot looks ridiculous. Looks I don't hard. know why he shoots like that. Um, yeah, and 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 Tucker's been. I thought Tucker's been really good. I thought Tucker did great. A Fucking great love PJ Tucker. Yeah, man. I I, I think awesome. he's he's he looks like a great pickup. So I mean, those guys are all encouraging, and none of them play defense like 
like Matisse, where it's like, I'm either getting a steal or a block or nothing good. Like they're really out there. Like you can build a team defense around these guys, which is great. And Joel needs to just step up and say, I'm going to be the anchor of all of this. And that would be phenomenal. So yeah, but, but the biggest thing is the way Harden is playing. He's play, he's looked so, so good that I'm honestly like as much of a bummer as it is. And as, as hard as tonight was to watch, like I'm a little encouraged, you know, like, because you you can see it with this team. You could see them making a run with him playing like that. So we'll see where they go from there. But it that was that was so above and beyond what we could have hoped for from him to start this season, right? Like he looks, I guess not above and beyond because we've seen him be an MVP before. And some people were like thought that was gonna happen. But <laughs> you know, as as much as I thought he'd be better, I didn't think he'd look this much better. And he really has. So I mean that's phenomenal. Yeah, for as much of a point of emphasis we put on how close Harden would look to that Houston Harden even though we knew it probably wouldn't get like exactly there I think it's a lot closer than people ever thought um like it was it's definitely like in terms of how he's controlling the offense he definitely looked in control this game Uh, I was kind of like half watching uh game one with the Phillies on but definitely looked in control of the offense for for that late stretch where they came back um but I think MB just getting used to rolling and and gelling and with PJ and and uh, Toby kind of knowing where they're supposed to be. I feel like that will figure itself out within like a week or two. But right now it doesn't look great. And you would think the defense would be here by now because I feel like out of all the things that uh, like Embiid and can anchor and Harden can kind of just be shadowed uh on the side it would be the defense and for mb to be struggling in both offensive and defensive and harden being the one to carry the load i mean it that kind of plays into the shrug because i mean we're gonna expect mb to just like snap out of it and i think dan's right if it doesn't then it's like it's a lost season anyway so if it was reversed like if Embiid looked incredible like an mvp and Harden looked like shit, we'd be like, okay, Harden's cooked, and we kind of don't have a chance at much because it's just sort of Embiid and a bunch of guys. Uh, but if Embiid doesn't look great, we're like, well, Embiid's going to be an MVP candidate when he gets it together. We have so much faith in Embiid just sort of Well, regaining. he's not 33, right? Exactly. Like, it should still right. be his prime. Like, there's no Correct. reason to think he fell off a cliff this summer. And he did it last year, like, where he didn't right. look good to start, you know. So, yeah. like, I have yeah, no he worries. He's, yeah, exactly. he's not... Yeah, he's not past his athletic yeah. peak. He should right. be fine. So yeah, very, very, uh, and it's so fun to see Harden like so into it and and get the arena. You know that that run was so great because uh, you know you could really see Milwaukee running away with this game, and he didn't let him yeah, do it. He well. hates Giannis, so it's a great yeah. plot line. Yeah. <laughs> it's good to know that that Harden is still there, who can just kind yeah. of take over the team when Embiid does have these bad games, because that will yeah. happen in the playoffs. So. Right. And it honestly makes you think about staggering the two of them and letting them take turns running the show, um, all that kind of stuff. Uh, before we go to the break, just just other assorted thoughts on the other guys. You know, Maxi, I think, is finding his footing a bit uh, in these first few games. Uh, shots not, off a bit. 
Shots a little bit off. I, I'm not worried about him. Tobias did some dirty work tonight, which I liked. Mm-hmm. Not not a ton to report otherwise. Shot the ball fairly well against Boston. Mm-hmm. Um, I like. Melton. I thought that was actually a really good game for him against Boston. Yeah. Um, I like Melton a lot. Um, I like. Hey, yeah, oh, I was just looking at the box score tonight. Uh, for uh, Milwaukee, I don't need Doc to to coach games against good teams in like the first week of the season, like they're game seven in the playoffs, 40 minutes for Harden, 36 for Embiid, 39 for Tucker. And he basically went seven deep, like house played 21 minutes, Melton played 20 and then nobody played more than eight off the bench. Like, what are we doing? Come on. Can we take it easy a little Bible bit? Like 18 seconds. I <laughs> played 18 seconds. Seems a bit heavy. Um, <laughs> Like, you know what I mean? Like those eight seconds might've been the difference. <laughs> like, like, I don't need him. I don't need doc to like go nuts on this. Cause it's like a national TV Milwaukee game. Like, can, like, can we spread the minutes out a little bit more? I don't need like PJ Tucker matching every single second with Giannis. Like, it's okay. If like, there's a Niang burst with Giannis, like I, it's all right. It's not a huge deal. Um, what, uh, yeah, Niang, I don't. Paul Reed got the backup center minutes for most of the first half. Yeah, I think all of the yeah. first half, and uh, he didn't play the second half. Um, Harold played, uh, what two minutes, and then I guess Tucker got some some uh, backup center minutes. So they uh, kind of went away from Reed, which I, I'm fine with. I'm fine if they want to mix and match that backup center position, but uh, just kind of interesting that no one seemed to really emerge as the guy so far. I think that they went to, I think Doc went to Harrell in the second half because I think at that point they were down 13 or so and they really needed offense. Yeah, I was fine with it. Yeah, so I don't hate that. I I really like that B-Ball Paul got the first look in the first half. Um, And I would have, you know, all things being equal, I would have liked him to finish it out. Uh, I don't think he did much of anything one way or another in the first half. Um, He had one uh, yeah, one rebound. Um, it was a great rebound. I thought the I thought that right. I thought the PJ minutes in at center were were good, good minutes. So um, anyway, couple couple easy games coming up in terms of uh, uh, we'll get to them at the end. But we have uh, uh, San Antonio and and Indiana coming up, so the, those will be nice. Um, all right, we're going to take a break and then we'll go around the league, talk about the Phillies, and we'll be right back. Here's a break. Support for this show comes from Vanta. Dealing with loads of spreadsheets, juggling different tools, and having to do manual security checks, it can be a headache to keep up with today's compliance and security programs. Vanta is the trust management platform that wants to simplify things and bring all your trust building efforts under one roof making growth smoother for your whole organization. Vanta lets you automate up to 90% of compliance for SOC 2, ISO 27001, HIPAA, and more. Strengthen security posture and reduce third-party risk. Get $1,000 off Vanta when you go to vanta.com slash vox. That's V-A-N-T-A dot com slash vox for $1,000 off Vanta. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. 
With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, we're back. We are going to have to talk about Ben Simmons. I think that Dan... Uh, I think that you want to do now. Are you ready? I, I don't know if you want to do a victory lap here um, because they played exactly one game as of this recording, um, but it was a doozy. Well, now, Ben, Ben took three shots. He had six fouls um, and he didn't look great. And the Nets lost at home by like, I think 22 to New Orleans, who I really like, I think they're going to be really good. Um but yeah, he just doesn't, he didn't shoot basically at all. And um, Dan, your, your thoughts. Well, listen, I feel no need to take a Ben Simmons victory lap at this point, because I think that I, it's been just so abundantly clear that I was right about Ben Simmons for so long now. Right. Like, does that, does this really need to be like, listen, I don't mind. I don't mind reminding people once in a while that like, you know, the reason everyone hates me, is actually something that I was like dead on about, like completely right. And no one could accept it. Like, I don't mind reminding people of that, you know, like, like if you don't like me, if you really like listen to this pod and dislike me, like you might think I'm annoying. That's fine. But the most likely reason, the reason most people don't like me from listening to this pod is something they were all wrong about and something I was right about. So that's fine. Right. Like that's been established. They're never going to like me anyway, because they can't accept that. For, for them i i was i was lucky to be right there's something something else there they were they were on the right track but something went wrong that's fine what do i know you're always right that's fine i just want to read the box score let's read the box score ben had been played 23 minutes and 10 seconds by the way they lost by 22 this is the next team at full health that everyone was gonna say it was gonna be so great this is the perfect fit for ben right played uh 23 minutes 10 seconds he had four points five rebounds five assists that's a that's a not even not even half of a triple double, by the way. He was a, he was a point shy of half of a triple double of the lowest triple double, which uh, is what you used to call a pathetic triple double. Oh yeah, he used to have plenty of pathetic triple doubles. This is actually <laughs> a pathetic triple single. Um, he had zero steals, zero blocks. So uh, I I also didn't watch that game, but I heard he was he was uh, really just giving Zion a ton of space, and it didn't matter, and he couldn't stop him. And Zion guarding him like Ben Simmons. Him. Yeah, guarding like Ben Simmons, except Zion ran through him and scored every time. Um, he was two for three from the field, very impressive. Didn't take a three. I know a lot of people were counting on him, really changing his attitude and coming back and, and his shot looking great and taking threes. I'm personally, I'm surprised it didn't happen. Um, all of these people have been so sane in their Ben takes so far. I, I thought that wouldn't be good. Um, 0 for 2 from the foul line, shocker. Um, he was also... Uh, had three turnovers, of course, the six fouls, and he was a minus 26 in a 22-point loss. So uh, that is just real. But minus 26 in his 23 minutes and 10 seconds. So I think that's pretty impressive. Um, that was like, I mean, Dwight would have a hard time fouling out in those minutes, I think. That was just elite stuff. So, um, I mean, listen, that's I, all I need to do is read the box score. I think that's that's all that needs to be said here. Drew, your thoughts? Uh, I mean, coming from someone who used to be, and keyword used to be, a big Ben Simmons fan, um, I think it just goes to show how how like much mentality means in the NBA. Because I mean, this dude had all the talent, 
and he was the number one 100%. pick for for a reason and like it doesn't matter you need to have the mentality to just work on your game and get better and i think nba fans and especially his teammates are going to see right through it and i think that's why it's so ugly and like murky because they don't want to go against him at the beginning of the season but i think if he keeps playing single triple singles pathetic triple doubles um I don't see how KD is going to want to play, like, the full season there. There's just no way. Bro, it's they, so weird to not shoot ever. It's so weird. <laughs> to well, hold to, the ball so much and never want to shoot it, it's a to, weird fucking thing to do. I got to say. And to, to Drew's point about the talent, I mean, there's a reason, right? Like, when you – right when the Nets traded for Ben Simmons and their fans are trying to talk him up as if they haven't, like, rightfully shit-talked him for the past five years, right? Like when they're pulling summer league highlights and we make fun of them because they're pulling summer league highlights. It's like, you watch that guy in summer league, like he doesn't throw those passes anymore. Right. He doesn't, he doesn't drive to the bat to the basket looking to score like that anymore. Like he, that's a better player than, than he is now. Like, like, because he's so mentally out of it and like it's progressed and worse, gotten worse and worse. And he's been, he's been told that it's fine as he like crawls up into a shell and never takes a risk on the court. And it's, it's horrible. It's this could have been truly even even if he never became a good shooter, he could have been a really good NBA player, like a really good NBA player. And yeah. he's not. All he needs is to shoot free throws like at a reasonable rate. Well, it's, but, but rate. I will say, I mean, that's not all he needs. Right. Because like you when you met with you mentioned with the mentality. Right. Like and I think he had more of it before, but it's lost. Like and I don't I'm not sure it's I don't think it's ever coming back. Like, I don't think that you, you can that back but he 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 doesn't play looking to attack basically ever and and really you can't you can't play like that unless you're going to be unless you're basically going to play matisse's current role right where it's like yeah come in help out the defense once in a while like and 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 really the struggle has been like a lot of his minutes were with claxton and can't play two non-shooters out there like so Jack, that. So, yeah, Jackson was tweeting about this today. Friend yeah. of the show, Jackson Frank. He was tweeting that basically you either have to play him uh, – you can't play him with Claxton too much because then you have two non-shooters on the court, or you play Ben at the five, and then you have, like, a non-rim protector yeah. at the five. But what's the so, point of even – and I'm so anti-Ben at the five because Ben's either way not giving you a lot on offense. It's just that the offense might look better because you're not having it so clogged. But right. the, the reason you're playing him is for his defense. And defensively, he's not a good interior defender. He's a great perimeter defender. So right. why are you, if you're taking a great perimeter defender and asking him defensively to do something he's actually not good at, why even – like, what is the point? Like, no one is even – Switch everything, I guess, yeah. Floor. Yeah. Um, I will say he will have some good games this year. Oh, yeah. Now – um he's still like fine for the moment what are we gonna say when i hope happens? he proves us wrong like i hope genuinely I as, so. as, no i don't hope as a bad, <laughs> yeah. if, if, if yeah. i listen let me rephrase it <laughs> if it wasn't for the nets and let's say he was playing for like the kings over there i would as just as a basketball player i would want him to do well but just how stingy he is in the media and how like hard shell he is for claiming that you uh, have a mental health issue and yet still being like super not vulnerable. You, 
I want him to do well, but I, I just as on a human level, I want him to do Dan, well. Dan put it really well a few pods ago. He said, I wish him lots of personal success and no basketball success. And that's that's yeah. basically how yeah. I, I'm not yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want yeah. I don't want his life ruined yeah. or anything. No, but, no, no. I, I but, hope yeah, yeah. he I right. I'm I right. have no bad feelings about him as a human being but the way he, uh, no, but, i mean yeah. listen i don't like yeah. him as a guy i think he he conducted himself as an ass here even before sure. the whole thing when he wanted to leave yeah that said i'm not wishing ill on on he's he's not some like isn't it's basketball at the end of the day and we yeah. care about the sixers he's not some yeah. awful person when you look at you know things that really matter in the world yeah. of course i i don't wish him bad things but in the sphere of basketball i'm not wishing success right he was a great war zone player, so I hope he does well in that. Sure. He seems to care more about that. So that's fine. and I think he's elite at that from what I mean. <laughs> I mean he, if he's not, Jesus Christ. I mean, he gotta be good at that with all the hours he puts in. Um all right. The Phil's it's one one. The the game game two was a real kick in the dick. I mean, they were up four nothing and they they pissed it away. But listen, going back to Philly. Rangers on the mound. How do we feel about this series, fellas? Yeah, I mean, game two leaves a very bad feeling, you know, very bad taste in your mouth. That said, I think the Phillies are mentally well equipped to overcome that. I think it's, you know, people talk about, you know, the manager, you know, and how Topper has them playing relaxed and and that he's, you know, an even kill guy and doesn't get too high or too low. And hopefully that helps you, right? Hopefully that that kind of gets, you know, you had a day in between and maybe it would be a better uh, situation to not, right? Maybe it'd be better just get back out there, but you had a day to deal with it. Time to get over it, right? Time to move on. I love Ranger. Um, I hope he I hope he does well. Um, the Phils need him to do well. Um, and yeah, I mean they're not out of it. I don't know what's going to happen. Baseball's weird, and and you know it's a five game series at this point. Anything can happen. Phil still have home field. I hate the three two format. Um, I not a fan. Uh, looks like the Panthers are trading Christian McCaffrey to the 49ers. Whoa. Um, anyway, um, fast. Yeah, but yeah, I mean with all of with all of that, right? Like the Phils have a shot, and I'm really excited. I, I'm the city has been you know, all fills. If you walk around, you see fills, hats, fills, jerseys. I was at the game on Friday. I was at, um, the, uh, uh, the, uh, Braves game three, um, when Reese had the bat spike and it was just awesome. I can't afford to go to these next games. Although I did say that about the first game, but these are way more expensive. And I, I, to really, I couldn't afford the first game. I sucked it up. So, um, uh, I'll be enjoying on television, but I'm, I'm very excited and they've been, they've been a lot of fun. Drew. Yeah, I mean, I, I personally just think they're the better team. Uh, and I hope that the fans can just propel them to get hopefully at least two of these next three. I think it's always hard, like Dan said, with the format of the series um, to win like three straight. But I, I just think they're the better team. I, I know we got kind of smacked in the mouth, but I think they'll be able to come back just because – like Dan said, Topper has them calm, playing relaxed. They have the young guys playing like they're veterans. And as long as that continues, I don't think the Padres have enough outside of Machado and Soto. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, I feel incredibly confident we're winning the series. I, I think we're going to the World Series. I, I, I mean, they blew that game, but I just feel like we're doing this. Like, I, I don't, I got to get a better, better handle on the AL teams, but I just don't think this, this San Diego team is going to do it. And I think the Bills have it. So um, that, that's where I'm at. Um, all right. We have to move on to our predictions. Now, with the standings, Dan, Emily, and I, Donut. We all said uh, on Twitter, because we did not get to this last week, uh, that the, the Sixers would win both games. Uh, the Sixers lost both games. Um, we're all 0-2. Now, Emily's not Can't here. Can't pick a loss the first week. Come on. Can't pick a loss. Emily's not here. Um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give Drew power of eternity over Emily. Uh, Emily, Drew, you're, yes, yes. you're going to be picking for Emily this week. We could just get Emily's uh, picks, but this is fine. What's up? We could also just have Drew make picks and then separately get Emily's picks and tweet them out later. No, no, no. This, no we're I'm doing substitute. the picks on the pod. We're doing the picks on the pod. All right, so if you don't... And if Emily's if not here pod, to make them. Drew we texted her pick. earlier for these picks. She's too drunk, I bet. To text them in. Sound and she asleep. She is asleep. Sound asleep, probably. Hope um, she sleeps well. She did. She didn't send them in. So now, fans of the show know I have a very hard time with who's home and who's away, and what days fit into what weeks. But here we go. Um, now, Drew. Also, we also have not gotten around to how you feel about Emily. Whether or not you enjoy her company on the podcast. Now. You can choose to sabotage her, or you can choose to, uh, you know, go with your heart here uh, and try to put her in a good position. It's up to you. Uh, I'll say I'm a I'm a big Emily fan on the pod, just right, in good. general. Just good to know. Put that on the record. Uh, we go Thursday to Thursday now. Uh, so uh, the games will be. What the fuck is uh, home and away? Blue is home. All right. The home, home on the right. Home against the Spurs Saturday. Uh, home against the Pacers. Away twice against the Raptors. And then away against the... Nope. Hang on. Because we're going to podcast before one of them. They're home against the Spurs on Saturday. They're home against the Pacers on Monday. And they're in Toronto Wednesday. Thank you. You are... You are for all of your many talents, the worst schedule reader I have ever encountered in my entire all life. Right. To back that up, home against the Spurs, home against the Pacers, away against the Raptors. I'm going to give it to Dan first. Listen, the six, I can't pick against the Sixers week one. I, I just can't do it. Until the Sixers lose, I can't pick a loss. Once okay. I've seen them lose... And I, I learned that they will not be 82 and 0 this year. Have to see it to believe it. Okay, I could pick a loss now. Mm-hmm. That said, they're not losing this week. They should be pretty desperate. I think Pacers and Spurs are both pretty bad. Two and two in Toronto, just kind of a game you have to show up for. Um, you know, I don't think I don't think they want to get back to 500 and lose again. Um, so I'm saying three and out. Okay. Reno from Dan. I will say 3-0 as well. 
I think that uh, I think they get off the schneid here. Uh, Drew, as Emily, what do you say? Acting as Emily, right. and I I appreciate Emily's vote very very much. Emily has never picked a loss. <laughs> it's true. Yes, but I think she would appreciate the leverage play to get to the top of the standings. Mm. Since you both picked all, three and zero losses. If I pick three and no 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 no, no. don't get ahead of yourself. <laughs> if I pick three wins and we all win, it will all be the same, and we'll all be deadlocked no matter what. I'm going to go two and one. They're going to win the first two and lose in Toronto. Yeah. Uh, I wonder, I'm wondering if any anti-vax stuff comes up again. I'm not sure. Oh, is that still happening? I is, believe that is no longer happening. Canada, it's over in Canada as well. So we're, we're clear. Um, But I don't know. I think they'll lose in Toronto maybe, like they usually do. I would prefer they don't bring Matisse, even if he's allowed to come. Just leave him. Just leave him. You behind. know, if that was still happening, we would, we could only find out new news about who, about guys who I guess, yeah, house. No, Although we could go back to in the schedule. They've all played in Toronto, played in unless they. But have they played injured. in Toronto after that date? Because it right. only went into effect. Because it would be house. It would be Melton. It would be Tucker. But There's I mean, they might guys. have Harold. Yeah, you're right. They might have. And anyway. Tucker must have because he's in, he was in the East. Right. All right. So three no from Dan and I. Uh, Drew slash Emily say two and one. That's Emily. a that that's a that's a play there. All right. Um, anything else, fellas? Go Phils. Go Birds. Go Phils. Go. Apparently Bird. the well, Flyers are like not as bad as everyone thought they'd be. So that's kind of funny. Good for them. Good for them. Oh, and uh, people keep saying dupe about the local oh, soccer right. team. Good for them. Uh, great. Um, all right. Um, the Christian McCaffrey trade is a second round pick in 2023, a third round pick in 2023, and a fourth round pick in 2023, a fifth round pick in Whoa. 2024. Good Lord. It's a lot of picks. That's that feels great. about right. Yeah, probably. I was thinking, like, in my head when it was rumored, I was thinking, like, second rounder plus yeah. stuff. Running back, but he catches a lot of passes, so it's not not just a straight up running back. You know, he's a modern day. You know, yeah, yeah. he's too right. good to play on the Panthers right now. Yeah, for sure. All right, good stuff. Um, Gasho Blues Pod, Da Pelt Thirteen, Third and Girl, Steve J Lipman, um, YouTube, YouTube, the Gasho Blues Pod, a Sixers podcast. Um, that's it. Uh, be safe and be great. Anything else? Well, thank you. That's it. Happy Sukkot sometime recently. Oh, yeah. uh,